0: Restriction supply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers Podcast with your hosts, Andy Holloway, Jason Moore, and Mike
2: Wright. Ah, welcome in. Thursday, June ninth. The fantasy footballers back at full strength. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mike Wright has returned. Brief Hello, absence, everybody. brief absence. Welcome well, in, Mike.
3: D- virtually. I mean, to the to the user at home, they are none the wiser that That's I'm right. not there. But yes, I'm I'm here for the recording. I'm here for my hot spicy takes.
2: Yes, we have a wild cards episode today. Jason Moore is here as well. I'm a wild card. <laughs> You've always been a bit of a wild card. <laughs> That's right. And uh the deucers, we've got two thirds of them in the building say hello if you want hey what's up and uh mike is entertained yeah not the greeting you expected mike well it's just it's always so incredibly
3: awkward when they like jump on the mic because they they they're not really sure should i jump in what do Mm -hmm. i say here and it's just it delights me every time how it it remains awkward every time Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, we're <laughs> over a thousand
1: shows in. Yeah, it's still it's like great. <laughs> every time.
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I can assure you, it's equally as awkward for us.
3: Yes. Did
2: you? It Mike, comes through. Did you hear the uh, the mailbag drop from the Tuesday show?
1: No,
3: I heard uh, the deucers handled it, but I have well, not gone back yet.
2: That's right. We we kind of had a moment on the air where we said we might. What it, well, it seemed like we might just choose somebody to do it, and uh, craftily. Al just said, hey, we'll all do it together. He does not
1: as want to be singled out. He was very fearful. And then on the uh, the FootCast this week, I made Andy do it by himself. So go check that out. Oh, Footcast. boy.
2: Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, is, is that what I did? Thank you for joining us today. YouTube.com slash TheFantasyFootballers. Twitter at TheFFBallers. You can find us on Instagram. We're on TikTok, where, wherever social media things are. Fantasy footballers over there. Brooks is smiling. Are you a TikToker, Brooks? Do you tick to the talk? I no, mean, nah, I don't hmm. okay yeah, I he's do got that. a
3: huge channel. He does all the dances,
2: oh man, that would be so great. I don't know what kind of reward I could give you if I discovered that late into the game, like thousands of subscribers in like of all
3: of us <laughs> in the office, who would have if they actually had a real popular channel doing the dances, which one would be the best?
2: yeah, I mean i, I it's ironic, Mike, it right, worst. somebody asked us who was the best dancer in the office, and none of us could remember ever seeing you dance at all. Oh, I'm terrible. So we all went with uh, our developer, Andy Schneider, who, yeah. you know, we just feel like he's kind of good at everything. So he's probably yeah. pretty good at dancing. Yeah, I've
1: never seen him dance. I'm sure he crushes. Probably. Jerk.
2: Um, quick question of the day, gentlemen. This one comes in from Twitter. Is there a quarterback wide receiver stack you're interested in drafting at their current average draft positions? So, I mean, it's fun. I in fantasy, it's fun to have a stack. I uh, I I don't go into my draft saying I have to get one, but when the draft goes a certain way and that opportunity is sitting there, it it's a situation where I might move a quarterback up around uh, to get it.
1: Yeah, and if you're in best ball, I think stacks are even more important. They peak your uh, performances. If you're getting a quarterback who has a good day and you've got his wide receiver, chances are you maximize points. So I look for it more in, uh, in best ball. My go-to quarterback wide receiver stack this year is actually the one that Mike is going to talk about. Uh, but since he put it in the dock first, uh, my backup plan would be Mike Evans, who I find myself taking pretty regularly in the third round. I think he's a really good value there. He's, to me, a wide receiver one this season, so to be able to get him in the third is good. And then Brady's always a good value because nobody is hot and bothered by the old man Brady. You're getting him at least in the eighth round, if not in the double-digit rounds. So that's a stack that I am happy to go with. Mike Evans, Tom Brady, neither one costs a lot, so at their average draft position, I'm happy to pair them together.
2: Mike?
3: Uh, I really like Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton, Denver Broncos duo. uh, And it comes down to, you know, the the actual ADP looking over on what's going on with the over on sleeper right now. Sutton's like a back of the fifth wide receiver going behind Allen Robinson and Michael Thomas. And I have my projections for Cortland Sutton are massive. And Russ, who until last year with the injury, had never finished outside the top 12. Uh, as a fantasy quarterback and given you several years of elite production like he's going you know in the 7th or 8th round so I don't have to pay up for Russ and I think that that I think the top 5 finish is still in the range of outcomes for for what Wilson could do if he's actually unleashed uh in Denver
2: let, let me ask you a follow up there mike before I tell you mine does having that stack in particular where you get a bargain on a guy like Cortland Sutton or in your mind, a bargain right? and then going with Russ later, do you feel more committed to either player? Cause at a certain point, obviously, you know, if you're investing a higher draft capital pick on a wide receiver in a stack or a higher pick on a uh, quarterback, you know, that's kind of your guy. But if you're getting guys later, do you feel like having the stack would, like force you to lock those players into your lineup as opposed to if you had Sutton apart from Russ, would you be more liable to move on from him if it wasn't working out? Uh, Possible. Like the, the hard part for the Broncos
3: is we just, we don't know for sure who will actually emerge. And even the three of us have a differing opinion on who that's going to be. Uh, I just, I think it's going to be Sutton and like, even if it's not him, so say I end up being incorrect on that with the, the the back of the fifth. That's not too bad of a to take the shot there for what I think he could be. But for Russ, I think that we are we all in agreement that no matter who is like the best, you know, receive, fantasy receiver for the Broncos, Russell Wilson's still going
1: to be a top ten guy. Yeah, by Russ, the end of the year, Russ will be top ten. Yes, I I at least agree with that. I don't. Know yeah, I, I...
2: I have him ranked that way as well. I think I have him at seven or six. So we all agree there. We don't know where the target distribution will end up because it's a a pretty diverse set of weapons in Denver and you haven't seen it before.
1: It's ironic that we're talking about that topic because I find myself actually, even though I said that Russ and Sutton are my kind of go-to stack, I don't actually land them often and what ends up happening is I get Tim Patrick in the double-digit rounds sure. when I've got Russell Wilson, and it's just a cheaper version of the stack where Tim Patrick isn't going to be a weekly must-start guy, but if I do start him on that week where I'm hoping for that touchdown, it's great to just stack with my quarterback.
2: It, it, what's funny is that that particular stack is identical draft costs in redraft leagues for Jerry Judy pretty much. So it's somebody may want the exact same stack, but they may go with a different wide receiver shooting their shot that they get that value my pair is uh it's pretty similar to what jason's doing if i can get cd in the top of the third round and then i can go get Dak in the seventh who i think people have just some level of fatigue with Dak for whatever reason i am pretty excited about that pair i think cd is a top you know six wide receiver this season i evans is tried and true cd has the mysterious upside and then Dak, you know, Brady, very similar costs. So that that's the one I would go with. Um, is, were there any other ones that just kind of popped up? Actually, there weren't. And when I say that, I mean like
1: <laughs> usually I, lo- I, I, I I enjoyed looking at this question. Cause Mooney I realized-
2: and
3: um, <laughs> Man, Fields and is fields- that your look? If you want to go budget, Mooney and Fields. I I don't, don't hate love
1: it. a lot of the stacks this year. There are. Um, you know, like I, I like the value on Kirk cousins, but most of the quarterbacks that I really, really like, like I'm, I'm in on Jalen hurts a lot, but I don't like the value of AJ Brown for where he's being drafted right now. So most of the, the, the quarterbacks I like at the value, I don't love where their wide receivers are being drafted.
2: There were also a number of, um, historically consistent stacks that have been deleted like Mahomes and Tyreek, that's gone. And mm-hmm. you don't have Adams and Rodgers anymore. So some of that has changed. Uh, it was interesting. I didn't have a whole bunch of them either when I was looking at it.
1: Yeah. Sorry, did you catch me smirking? I uh, I can't help if you're on YouTube. I can't help every time I look at the monitor, uh, laugh at Mike. Uh, I currently have – You're laughing at Mike? I'm laughing at my glasses.
2: Oh, because <laughs> you are – because Wait,
1: you have one arm i have one is that are these called arms on your glasses the little I, um that's yes. what i call them uh i i have like the old school you know <laughs> one like the <laughs> monocle glass well we were playing pickleball and the glasses flew got off him. the head and they they exploded on the ground and so now i'm hoping to get this fixed before our live show in detroit next there's week. a
2: chance he's doing the live show in detroit with what you oh, see oh this is fabulous and it
1: looks so ridiculous every time i see it i'm i'm just like ah, i just look so stupid dude get a piece of elastic and then
3: oh and just, yeah and just strap them to your head
2: or commit to the monocle i mean you don't need uh, yeah, your you eyes, don't need will adjust. eyes yeah all right news time
1: news and notes from around the league
2: There are, I mean, there are plenty of funny things on the monitor. So I wasn't sure which one you were trying to point out. I thought you might might have been laughing at, you know, the mustache, and I was going to feel very disappointed in you. No, I, case.
1: I love the mustache.
2: It's the a visual mustache. delight today. Uh, DK Metcalf not present for mandatory minicamp. Contract talks have not yet resulted in a new deal. Yeah, this is a story for a number of players right now. Um, but let's talk about something. I mean, do you think he gets a deal? I guess I'll. I'll Ask that question before I move on. Yeah, yes. I
1: I think he gets a deal. You know, there there were enough teams interested in paying a lot for a wide receiver on the trade market. They didn't choose to trade him, so I think he gets a deal done. Um, Which you hope- also
2: believe about Terry McLaurin?
1: I do. I think both of those guys will get deals
2: done. All right, this was this one's more interesting. Um, the Steelers, Najee Harris. There was a report about reducing his role. And Najee kind of came out and said, "Like I'll be playing on certain downs," which is just certainly not the case last year. All the downs were Najee's, right. and so it's a very interesting situation. We, the three of us, we you know we didn't come together and um, discuss Najee before we projected him for the season, but we are lower on him than the consensus of industry experts. And that's before any of this news, and you know they have that kind of what might be non-news about his playing weight, but Naji was so pass have it was such a pass-heavy situation for his fantasy points. Like he was not a breakaway runner. Like he he had a lower percentage of fifteen-plus yard runs than Leonard Fournette had last year. So that's and that was a problem that went back to collegiate days. Like that's not what he did. He did not have a significant amount of breakaway runs ran for a low yards per carry. So I think that was kind of what was behind some regression maybe in the in the receiving game without Big Ben, the noodle arm, have to find the underneath check down guy. You know, right now Mitch Trubisky's the quarterback. So that was kind of the core, but this is new about him maybe sharing some work, which is not a Mike Tomlin thing. So how do you reconcile this report this early
1: yeah, I mean when I when I view this um I I take it with a grain of salt Naji actually spoke about it. So whenever you get the player himself talking about it, you know it's it's better than a a beat reporter trying to relay information you hope that they're relaying it, you know, fairly. Um Naji was saying that, you know, he's going to lose a little bit of work on some downs and that he completely understands it. They want to keep him healthy. But he also said, you know, we're, we're still talking about it. So when push comes to shove, I think he's going to be on the field more often than not. But we were down on Najee before this solely because Mitchell Trubisky can run. Uh, Kenny Pickett can run. Whoever the quarterback is, they look like grease lightning compared to Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger <laughs> takes the ball. Uh, and then just checks it down immediately. That's not going to happen for Najee, and it's going to happen less if he loses uh, some work on third downs, which isn't necessarily where he was catching the ball. But um, yeah, it, it's just he's a volume player, and he looks like he's going to get less volume this year. So his upside seems capped.
2: Second most fantasy points on third down among all running backs last year. I'll, yeah, I'll say which, it, like there's
3: just when you're saying, you know, maybe some reduced snaps, that doesn't necessarily like fully equate to a drastically reduced workload. You can you can have some downs where you know the running back is just pass protecting here. The running back is not really involved in this play design. Let's get him a a, a blow on the sideline so that he can, you know, rest up and be ready for when the running back actually has to take the ball.
2: No doubt. No doubt. And then this morning um out of Pittsburgh Mitch Trubisky is, quote, the clear number one during minicamp. Well, he better be. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's step one, right? I mean, that wasn't a 100% guarantee, but it's what you would expect with a rookie coming in. Yes. Uh, So, you know, Jason and I had some discussions, Mike, and you can weigh in, about this situation in particular. And then we were bringing up last year with Andy Dalton and the Bears and, you know, we had this whole offseason debate on who's going to end up the starter in Chicago. Dalton starts the season, gets hurt, Justin Fields takes over. But I think we all knew that the Bears were going to lose some games last year, and that might have led to a transition at some point to Justin Fields organically. With Trubisky, you could see this team having some success even if Mitch isn't prolific. So, do you like if Mitch starts the season as the quarterback? Let me put it this way. Okay. He starts week one as the QB one. Do you think, what do you think the odds are a change happens mid season with that team and how they, uh, you know, how competitive they've been regardless of their circumstance?
3: Uh, Greater than 50%. I mean, that a change you know, does happen. Yeah. Yeah. The it's, and it's, you know, like maybe they're having, it, it really comes down to the record. I mean, they, if they're having a ton of success and you're like, these, they're up there They're, you know, they have a good chance to actually win the division with Mitch Trubisky. Then possibly you don't make the transition, but I mean, eh. sooner than later, you have to see, did, did we make a good pick here with this first rounder or in next year's draft? Are we actually back in the hunt, hoping that someone falls to us again?
2: I don't know if they're the type of franchise though, that, takes that approach like they're much more likely to fit the mold of you know what kansas city and some of these teams that took a longer time getting their rookie on the field because of the success they've had i mean big ben was not impressive last year they were in the hunt and they were fighting all year long sure i guess i just think it's they're going to put mitch in a position to have more success than i don't know the falcons will with marcus mariota where we know (laughs) at some point they're (laughs) going to make a decision right like you're going to be one in seven and saying, "Well, what do we have in Desmond Ritter?" Yeah, I just—it's just, it's, I, it's just a, a kind of a conversation, is all.
3: Sure, and, and I mean, very difficult. How long did Ben play? Like four, fourteen plus years. I don't even. It was. I mean, I You're don't. I we don't have even
2: a comp for that right. situation. Right. Yeah, we have
3: no idea. We have no idea what Tom. We had a will, few will do.
2: few fun years—the the Cordell Stewart uh, years and the pre-Big Ben years where they were bouncing I mean. like, all I, over.
3: It's hard to even think back historically of the NFL when Ben Roethlisberger was not the quarterback for the Steelers. Did you want to weigh in there, Jason?
1: No, I I think I'm uh, right in the middle between you guys. I still think there's a good chance. Kenny Pickett starts the season. Obviously this was a very important piece of news to me because I, I've been projecting Kenny Pickett to be the week one starter. And I do agree with you. If Mitchell Trubisky is the week one starter, there's a solid chance that, you know, he's winning enough games to keep alive. I mean, he got the Bears to the playoffs uh, twice, I believe. And so, uh, you know, he might just keep that job. And I do think that that has an effect on the receiving options. Right now I've got uh, Deontay Johnson statted out for a rookie quarterback, and I think it would be better if Trubisky is the starter.
2: Antonio Gibson suffered a minor hamstring injury during OTAs. (laughs)
3: Yoo-hoo. Yeah, it's not my favorite.
2: You don't. It's like the Penny news from a couple weeks ago. He'll probably be fine, but you hate players that have been banged up getting banged up this early. And El- I don't. I don't want Brian Robinson to have a GPS right? Like, you're worried about what he'll do with it.
3: Yeah. I mean, is he good? I'm. I'm not exactly sure. But the, you're, you'll find out sooner than later if Gibson's on the sideline.
2: Alan Lazard, not at Packers' mandatory minicamp. He was an RFA. They tendered him at, was it a second Second. or third? Okay. So he wants a a new deal. Yeah, Yeah, he has not signed that.
1: Flex on him. And, I I mean, I I don't blame him. This is pretty much a golden opportunity where you could say the Packers
2: actually need you because usually you're Alan Lazard and they don't. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. Matt LaFleur (laughs) told reporters that Sammy Watkins is going to be a big (laughs) Part of oh. the offense. What do you think about that? I think that's cold-blooded.
1: cold
2: blooded. Yeah, but tell me that some part in the deep recesses of your non lizard <laughs> mind, you're not saying to yourself, what if that's true? I, because of what quarterback he has.
1: This is uh, it, in a world where Sammy Watkins comes out and has extreme relevance. I will be so thrilled. I mean, that will be just such a fun time.
2: He will have relevance till the moment you are in. Oh yeah, the moment you go in and you finally say, "No, he's done it. He's proven it." Oh. Watch out. So here's my advice to you. Also, week one at, yeah, I was going to say, gonna DFS say DFS at week end,
3: one, Sammy Watkins. How are you not? How is that not just
1: an automatic selection? Be in on Sammy week one DFS. Draft him with one of your last picks in the draft, and trade him in the after week one. That's the that's the. Uh, Sammy Watkins game plan.
2: Well, I, look, the the truth is the Packers wide receiver situation. It's murky like Christian Watson, Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, uh, Cobb. R- Randall Cobb. If Sammy Watkins, Rogers,
1: be, because of what you're saying, if Sammy Watkins comes out and has 10 targets and seven receptions for 140 yards and oh, a touchdown, gosh. everyone will be convinced <laughs> Uh I know we've seen it before, but everyone will be convinced they ha- they need him and he looked good and he's the one. You will be able to trade a- you'll be able to trade him for a lot. And here's the thing. You're going to go, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Does it seem Maybe I should hold on to him. Maybe he's the guy. Don't, fall Don't do for it. it. Don't do it.
2: Oh, a hundred percent we will all fall for it. <laughs> I mean, that that will happen. There's nobody that ever when something great happens It's easy to see it repeating in a situation where your other options are those guys we mentioned. But it'll be – thank you, Sammy, for being relevant again. Thank you for coming – bringing another year of joy to this podcast. (laughs) All right, quick break, then we'll hit the wild cards.
1: This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Some things may seem small at the time, but when you keep them inside, when you keep everything bottled up,
0: And replacement cost coverage comes standard. That means damaged items are repaired or replaced, even if they cost more today than they did when you bought them, which could put your wallet at ease to tap the banner or visit USAA.com slash homeowners to learn more and get a quote. Restriction supply. Well, it is time for
2: our annual fantasy wildcards episode looking at players with a wide range of outcomes. It's time to do it. No,
0: I'm
2: saying no brakes, guys. Why aren't the brakes working? Because I cut the brakes. Wild card! Yeah! All right, fantasy wild cards. Mike has a grin on his face. Enjoyed that drop
3: very much. I do, and it was fun that Jason announced himself as the wild card at the top of the show, and he was, in fact, the wild card in the drop.
2: Yeah, oh, I see, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cordero Patterson is my fantasy wild card number one that I'm going to bring up, and these are players that, look, you can make a a pretty strong and compelling argument for why they could be good and why they could be bad heading into the season. Now, look, our our research team... Look, it's vast. We have access to all the 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 authentic fantasy football libraries. So Kyle will go in and he'll take books off the shelf and research deeply. And he searched for historical templates and fantasy football comparisons for, you know, 31 year old hybrid running back wide receivers who just finished with their first top 30 season of their entire career now entering their 10th season in the NFL. And and so he ran the algos, searched the dark web, big list, big list. Um, No, there's none. There's none. There's Cordero. That's it. He is literally, like, if you had to define what a fantasy wild card is, to me it's Cordero Patterson heading into this year where here are the facts. I mean, he was the RB9 last year, a top 10 fantasy producer and 52 receptions, 153 carries, he almost had more carries last year than he had in, in the entire pre, his entire career before last season. So it was even better than that, really, in the weeks that were relevant in the beginning of the year. He was the RB7 in total points from weeks 2 to 14. Look, he pooped the bed at the end of the season. But, you know, RB56, 31, 37, 70, if I had played Boston Scott instead of him in the fantasy title game, I'd be a winner right now. So that's the good, right? Uh, you know, if, if you want a running back that's going to average four-plus targets a game, that could be Cordero this year. And how valuable is a target? How valuable is a reception at the running back position? He scored more fancy points as a receiver, and you get to play him at, you know, on some platforms like Sleeper, you can play him in both spots. So that's the good story, right? You get, And they don't have a lot of weapons. Drake London, rookie coming in, Kyle Pitts. Least, they need him. They they need him, or <laughs> fantasy wild card. You see more of what you saw at the very end of last year. He falls apart. He's getting older. Damian Williams. I know that that name. Maybe. I know that that name, even especially for me, brings a lot of like, like. Well, I've already had the funeral for him, but I'm going to tell you, Foot Clan the situation it's going to be an opportunity for damian williams and this team has shown last year they had no problem playing a guy that was kind of meh mike davis got a ton of snaps so damian williams process. tyler algier going for the first pick in the draft so if you don't get the touchdowns if you don't get the you know the the strange games where he was really you know he had multiple touchdown games i think two times last year it could be bad. And so I have him ranked the highest. I still think he's essential to this offense, but do I am I scared? Oh, I'm very scared. And it's Mariota. It's not Matt Ryan.
3: Like Matt Ryan's a very good quarterback. Mariota is not.
2: No, it's a problem. End of
3: sentence.
2: No, you don't need to expound on that anymore, Mike. <laughs> I mean, 31 year old hybrid running back. Jason and I were trying to determine which. NFL teams on the footcast today are the bottom group because we were trying to figure out where Houston could, who could beat Houston to the bottom. It's like Atlanta has that on lockdown. Down oh, there yeah. in the bottom three, and Kyle's not here today, but he would just affirm what I'm saying. So I think Patterson is the a very wide range of, of helping your team at a great average draft position, right? On underdog, he's the RB 29 right now. Finished nine last year. You don't need nine. You get RB 15, 20, you got a value, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it. it it's kind of crazy the fact that the uh, top ten running back from last year who's in pretty much the exact same position this year um, is someone that I just never draft. I mean, and and this isn't like a high-up pick. I, middle, late rounds, I'm like, eh, no, no thank you. <laughs> and uh, you're right. It's important that we remember how good he was for fantasy, uh, especially the first half of last year, because he very well could be relevant again. I
2: don't think it's going to happen. I have a hard time drafting him. I like going with the youth. But the flexibility helps. The flexibility. I mean, on sleeper, helps. being able to you got injuries all season long, being able to drop him into either wide receiver or running back is a luxury.
1: Yeah, that is very nice. Um, the way that I like to draft my wild cards is young guys who've shown some flashes versus the old guys. And so my first fantasy wild card is Kadarius Tony, wide receiver for the New York Giants. Last year, a rookie who was both incredible and also worthless, did nothing. Um, He missed half the season, majority of the season. Feels like he didn't even play last year except in a few stretches where he became the starter and dominated I mean he went out there a couple weeks in a row and he had you know nine targets six receptions 78 yards 13 targets 10 receptions 189 yards oh yeah
3: I remember playing that weekend hey Andy remember when we played Darius Toney against Jason in the face-off
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was sweet. Yeah, that That was was real sweet
1: sweet for you guys. (laughs) Then, of course... Darius won me some money that week. Yeah. Then he gets injured, so it's like, oh, man, this brilliant superstar-looking rookie who... I I know people always throw around like the, man, he could be a Tyreek Hill, and it's like, no, you can't, but he's one of the only players that I've ever seen on the NFL field that was like, whoa, he just makes other NFL defenders look just stupid because he turns on these after Jets and just
2: Burns, <laughs> you didn't people. want to go with Burners because you want to say Burns later. <laughs> yeah, See, after Jets, after Jets. <laughs> yeah, and was sitting there. You even started the B sound. Yeah, yeah. you moved. Well, I you
1: got to. P- say, but he you burns pivoted people, from so. Burns to Jets. It works. Once he came back from his injury, he These had are another my now game.
3: Jets. Those are my after Jets. Right.
1: <laughs> he had another game with twelve targets. I mean, he was, and then he got injured again. So it was like he couldn't stay on the field but if you look at mike you talked about it a lot last year yards uh, or i'm sorry targets per targeted route, per route run. run yeah that has been such a truly predictive telling statistic that uh, that's how we saw you know the antonio brown beautiful fantasy breakout uh, that, that was coming and we've we've seen it just be a really successful metric he was targeted on his routes uh, more than like Cooper Cup more I mean in an enormous rate he has the fourth highest rate among 77 rookie wide receivers with 50 plus targets since 2014 and at the same time that he was getting targeted on his routes run he ran 2.1 yards per route run which puts him in an elite rookie group here's the rookie wide receivers that have averaged that Odell Beckham Jr. A.J. Brown Justin Jefferson Jamar Chase Tyreek Hill Juju Smith-Schuster And Kadarius Toney. I mean, that is the elite of elite when you think of rookie breakout wide receiver seasons. We just didn't get to see him on the field. So you've got Brian Dable coming to town. Maybe he fixes the offense. He costs you nothing. He's in the ninth or tenth round of drafts. You're you're going, do I want Tyler Boyd or Michael Gallup or Kadarius Toney who could be a superstar? So that's the great side. He could also, I mean, he could be not part of the Giants by week one. He's had off the field issues. They go and they sign Wandale Robinson or draft w- R- Wandale Robinson, who is kind of a similar build and type of player as Kadarius Toney. And then there's Daniel Jones, who's trash. And, uh, you know, his, his, here's his top wide receivers that Daniel Jones has supported. Darius Slayton was wide receiver 35, Sterling Shepard, wide receiver 49, Kenny Galladay, wide receiver 84 in 2019, 2020, and 2021. So, Tony could be nothing, but I'm willing to take the shot because of the brilliance we saw in short, short stretches on the field and his youth. I go with the youth wild cards.
2: It's, Tony is very difficult because in the games that he succeeded last year, and again, you're looking at those metrics across, like, what, 57 targets last year. How much was a byproduct of intention and how much was a byproduct of absence? Mm-hmm. And you get Kenny G back, and you know, Say whatever you will about him. They paid him a lot of money to come in and be a, a primary target. Like you said, they drafted Wandale. I don't know, did they mean to do that with Kadarius Tony last year in a volume perspective, or did they have
1: to? I remember the first time that he had his breakout target performance thinking that wasn't him. That was the fact that they didn't have anyone else to go to. Uh, but as the season went on, as he got injured and came back, there were still other people around. And Sterling Shepard is gone now. He had a late-season Achilles um, injury, so... I mean, TBD, but he is a true wild card. I, I can't imagine him being a meh fantasy player. He's either going to be great or just be irrelevant, and we won't remember his name in five years.
2: I think you're right. I mean, essence of a wild card, and young enough to where the the volatility, the unknown, the upside, it's all there still. It's not like we've it's expired. He has that all in him. Um, Mike, who's your first wild card? All right, the first guy I want to talk
3: about is uh the newly signed Kansas City Chief wide receiver Marquez Valdez Scantling. Not Juju. I want to talk about MVS here. Because what is going to happen in Kansas City? And because like the, the knowns of Kansas City, okay, Patrick Mahomes in in the range of outcomes for Patrick Mahomes, five thousand plus yards, forty plus touchdowns. They uh, you know, set the 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 news world on fire when Tyreek Hill there's like grumblings from Adam Schefter's uh timeline that oh Tyreek Hill you know they can't reach a contract extension and uh now maybe maybe they'll trade him and he's been traded to the Dolphins and then okay we get to the draft what what are the what is the Kansas City Chiefs going to do for the wide receiver position and the answer was nothing their answer was they brought in Juju on a one year deal by what whatever the base was like a couple million, and yes, it, it can hit ten million if he hits his incentives and, and reaches his, you know, statistical output that he needs to. But they also brought in MVS for a three-year, thirty million dollar deal. Like this was a guy that they went after as a potential replacement, and there are some things about it that it makes sense. Like he's never. MVS has never shown out on a football field on any sort of consistent basis, but we have seen several spike weeks from him because he's big and he's fast. Like his speed score is actually truly an elite speed score for for how fast he is and how large he is. Tyreek Hill, 25% of those targets from last year, those those are gone. MVS led all wide receivers in average depth of target, 17 and a half yards. Like, that's where he is going down the field. And that's something that Patrick Mahomes can absolutely excel in. But at the same time, we have never seen MVS. And he's had several opportunities of, like, you need the Green Bay Packers need Valdez Scantling this week to, to truly step up and be a number one guy. But he has not done it. And yet the team with their actions and their money have said, we think that he can come in and not replace Tyreek Hill, but be a big part of the solution in replacing the numbers and the production and the targets that Tyreek Hill was taking. So I'm just like, he's going, you know, extremely late in, in best ball. He's going in the ninth round as the wide receiver, 48 in sleeper. Even later than that, the the consensus, at least draft picks right now, are, they drafters believe it's easily going to be Juju as the number one option for this for this team at the wide receiver position, and I think that it could be MVS. And while I'm not saying that he is anywhere near Tyreek, we're not saying top ten is in the option here for Valdez scanling But like the guy could easily be a wide receiver three, and he's not being drafted anywhere close to that. And like, because again, we've never seen it, but the money is there. No team has wanted Juju the last two years. At least no one's willing to give him an extended contract. No one's willing to give him a contract of note. And yet here comes Valdez Scantling right out the gate with a three-year, $30 million deal to play with Patrick Mahomes and have the option to be the number one wide receiver who
2: could be great and could be absolutely nothingness. He's certainly a huge wild card. The, Biggest case against MVS for me is that they've done this before with Sammy Watkins. They gave him three years, $48 million, and he peaked at 52 total receptions, 40, 52, 37. So, like, I don't know. Like, Patrick Mahomes has come out and said it's going to have to go a lot of different places this year. But it's an interesting bet for a player that, you know, has explosiveness but I don't know if he can get over 50 catches. That's the part that's like – Tyreek gave you both. Tyreek yes. gave you all of the juju Kelsey underneath, and he gave you all of the MBS over the top. So, it's definitely hard. a wild card.
1: Yeah, he's certainly a wild wild card, but it is so hard to trust a guy who's had the opportunity before and failed. And it's like, well, wow, you didn't have Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you had Aaron Rodgers. Like, he's he's had a 1st belt Hall of Fame quarterback. He's had the opportunity. He's, he's the same guy. I don't trust it.
2: Okay, I guess it's up to me, huh?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm going to bring up a bigger name that I think is a fantasy wild card because the cost, like people are paying up for him. I see trades for him with a lot of excitement, and and I think he's a wild card. Michael Pittman, Mike.
3: We're all very excited. Can Michael? someone hit the drop, please?
2: Uh, I I can't do that. Uh, Deucers, I, help me out. I need a wild card version. Do we have Do we have Pitty City?
3: This, is this thank city. you that was
2: unbelievable how is that not just ready to go did you know he was going to talk about michael pittman i figured i would hit it later mike but you really set it up set it up early i don't know what to do with michael pittman i know that there's a really strong case for him at least maintaining a tremendous amount of value he's he's like we all have ranked pretty similarly mike has him at 12 jason and i at 14 um his underdog ADP is 14. So we're like, with the consensus, we all have him ranked very fairly. Last year, finished as the wide receiver 15. I think that's where the beginning of the question marks uh, begin to emerge uh, is a projection for him to move forward. And I know a lot of that is based on this hope that, look, Matt Ryan produces wide receiver one fantasy finishes. That's what he's always done. Roddy White, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, very briefly. Yeah. Uh, but Michael Pittman has been somewhat touchdown dependent, and you had a tale of two cities, two pity cities last year. Wide receiver nine from weeks one through nine, wide receiver 30 from week 10 on. And there was no one to throw the ball to in Indianapolis. And I agree. I think on the other, sh- uh, a couple weeks ago, Mike, you said, look, I'm not really worried about the competition for Michael Pittman. That's totally fair. Uh, they should have a little bit more whether it would not challenge him for the number one role, he will be their number one receiver. I am just very interested and curious about what that will mean this year. Matt Ryan, he's an aging quarterback. This is a team that really saw success with Jonathan Taylor over the back half of the year, which I think coincided with wide receiver 30 for Michael Pittman over the back half of the year. And not that I expect them to have Paris Campbell for the whole year, but they what, they drafted Alec Pierce, and they have some other options. So I actually, my question about the wild card nature of Michael Pittman is if you draft him at his ceiling at wide receiver 14, if that's his ceiling, you can't really, you don't have upside, but you only have downside. So that's my fear for him is that he's being overdrafted, is too touchdown dependent, and can't take a step forward. He may just be what he was.
1: Yeah, I, I think he very well might be what he was. But if you draft a wide receiver at wide receiver 14 and they end up being the wide receiver 13, 14, 15, that's fine. That's great. Yeah, you knew that. what you were drafting, and I'm happy to take that. Um, you, you have the hope of upside, and maybe that's where you don't see the uh, the ascension. But it's really a matter of what what do you believe about the talent of Pittman? Because the opportunity is – Zach Pascal was their number two target last year. He's gone. Jack Doyle's retired. T.Y. Hilton is – Seemingly forcibly retired right now, so I mean, you've got Ashton Doolin, who was is like the next man up. He had 22 targets last year, so Pittman's going to have the opportunity. It's just a matter of do you think if he gets 145 targets, he could be a top five guy, or do you think he just doesn't have that in his
2: not a chance ability? No, I don't think so.
1: And you know, six touchdowns last year. I think he could go north.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's what makes him very interesting. I think he is a wild card. He only had you know three finishes. On any week above where we have him ranked right now. So you didn't see a lot of ceiling. You did see dis- disappearing acts over the back half of the year. Um, it's just hard for me to imagine him. 129 targets last year, 88 receptions last year. It's hard yeah, for but you me gotta, to like, imagine you him Carson just Wentz
3: uh, handicap those targets. Yeah, like but Carson 129 Wentz. 29 from Carson Wentz is like 89 from Matt Ryan. He
2: threw what, 27 touchdowns, was Matt Ryan didn't do? And Matt Ryan's career touchdown rate is known. For being average. I mean, he just doesn't throw touchdowns. Julio never had him for years. That's a concern, too. Like, if I'm, look, Matt Ryan throws interceptions in the end zone, but I'd be handing the ball off to Jonathan Taylor if I was Matt Ryan around the Reds. And so I I just, I don't see, I don't, I think he's a wild card when it comes to upside, but I think a lot of people think he can be top five. Yeah. So I understand That makes him interesting.
1: I do understand your argument. My main thing and why I'm kind of pro Pittman is not for his upside it's actually because i don't think he has a i don't think there's a world where he's not a top 24 wide receiver It's just too many targets he's too necessary to be just just completely sucking me an outright bust other than getting injured this next player is a guy i think could just be a complete bust that you're holding the bag and you go whoopsie doozles i shouldn't have drafted i'm definitely gonna say that adam Thielen, really who i love <laughs> i'm not hooked on a thing oh is that the drop that was the sad that was the sad version of the drop um then uh, i won't hit the oh, real okay. one I mean, okay i thought you were hitting you, the real drop you here. presented
2: him as a bust you did not present him well he has ha- a, a wild card, card
1: because he has some upside i mean this is, is a guy did who- you say upside yes <laughs> 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 whoopsie doozles So, right now, he's being drafted as the wide receiver 29. So, it doesn't cost you a tremendous amount. What He's going in the seventh round. What? And this is a guy in Adam Thielen who's just been great for pretty much his entire career. He's been awesome. Last year, he was, I think, great. Now, he only played 13 games. So, he finishes the wide receiver 28. But, obviously, that was in only 13 games. He was great around the end zone. He had double-digit touchdowns in 13 games. Every time you got near the end zone, you watched Adam Thielen just make someone look like an idiot, torch him with a simple route, and somehow end up wide open for a touchdown in the end zone. Nothing on film said that Adam Thielen should be bad, should have lost a step. I mean, obviously, uh, at some point, the end comes. Adam Thielen played his age 31 season this last year, and he was very, very good And he's a touchdown machine on a good offense. So his upside when you grab him in the seventh round, I mean, if he ends up with 14 touchdowns, you're going to be a wide receiver one. His upside is being a wide receiver one. But the downside, he's going to be 32. And I know that we always feel like, well, it'll never go away for people. But I just, I I always have a hard time shaking the, the Jordy Nelson comp that he's received for a long time. When Jordy Nelson was 31 years old, He had 1,257 yards, 13 touchdowns, was awesome, 97 receptions. In his year 32, he played 15 games, only had 482 yards, six touchdowns. The career was over. It was done. It was kaput. Um, It's one of those things where when you get to age 32 – we it, it it's not always it's not always great the great ones the absolute marvin harrison randy moss larry fitzgerald they defy the the age the the that that measure of age 32 um but the wheels have fallen off for plenty of others tory holt aj green brandon marshall that age 32 year is awful and the reality for adam thielen is if the touchdowns don't come, he doesn't seem like a possession guy anymore. You know, he was always this this player with Kirk Cousins, who's 155 targets, 113 receptions, just unbelievable. Last year, 67 receptions, 726 yards. It It was the touchdowns that really kept him afloat. And if those don't come, I think he will, staying healthy, being still good, will be a mediocre wide receiver that doesn't help you. And I think that there's a good chance that you just end up saying goodbye and saying, I've got your jersey on my wall. I thank you for the championships you've gotten me in the past, but I'm done. And this is where I'm very ageist. I find myself bypassing him in every draft because I don't want to hold the bag when it's full of poop.
2: The, no one which wants is, that. I mean, there's, it's a reasonable thing. I I guarantee you. That we could go back to the tape of last summer and find some of those quotes about Adam Thielen, and that's the oh, interesting from, from me. Yeah, I from was out. Yeah, just, that's the interesting thing about the age is you you're just you don't want to be caught holding the bag. But if you didn't want to be caught holding the bag last year, you would have maybe paid the price because you would have. What if the it. bag
3: has a poop and a cinnamon roll in it? Mm. Interesting. Then then it I'm going to eat it. But I'm saying, are you still going to hold? the cinnamon hold on roll
1: to it? wrapped? Does it like overtake the scent? I think the scent of poop would win out there. Over Ooh. cinnamon? Over cinnamon, yeah. Yeah, I do. I mean I
2: one way to find out, Mike, but I don't know if there's a lot of cinnamon bun like um bathroom like the things you plug in. Like a scented
1: uh Like a scented like a
2: glade, can- a scented glade for the to cover over the bathroom smell. I haven't heard I haven't done the cinnamon I over
3: like, I feel like cinnamon could handle it.
2: <laughs> I I still go back to is this cinnamon roll wrapped? That is very important in I mean, the in the turd on what no no on whether I want to hold the bag. Oh yeah 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 okay. It's protected and look, it's fair. Touchdowns are going to be a part of it, but I think that, that at this point in time, we've accepted that that's part of what you're getting with Adam Thielen is you're you're attempting to draft ten touchdowns. Am I right?
1: Yeah, that's what you're going it's after. Pretty wild. Because you know he's not going to be a hundred reception guy anymore. This is Justin Jefferson's team. He's the. Second option, and you know KJ Osborne looked good. You're getting Irv Smith
2: back. There's. You there's do you have a new new offense?
1: Yeah, you got a new Kevin offense. Is that, is that good for a 32 year old? Well, would be guess, like, let's change systems. I and... mean, I
2: think you can still learn things at 32, Jason. <sighs>
1: I stopped learning things at 30.
2: Hmm. Mike, I'm glad you're bringing up this player to finish our wild card segment because we discussed. Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson a little bit on the footcast. Mm. You have Elijah Moore as your final wild card.
3: Yeah. So Elijah Moore of the New York Jets coming into his second year. um, He's, you know, in best ball right now, wide receiver 32, which is that's not too bad. Finishes his rookie year with 77 targets, 43 for over 500 and five touchdowns only appeared in 11 games. um, Was really exploding onto the scene. And then, unfortunately, had the season-long injury. And what what I believe is known about Elijah Moore is he is good. Like, Draft Twitter got we got Elijah Moore correct, where he fell, you know, into the second round, which that's not a huge deal. But the guy is electric. Like, he can he can get open from weeks nine through thirteen. He was, in fact, the wide receiver two in in all of fantasy football, and that's a decent stretch. That's a good stretch run to be putting up huge points. But Zach Wilson was only his quarterback for two of those games. And in one of those games, Will, or Elijah Moore was fantastic. And one of those, Elijah Moore was meh, not so great. And even in, in that run, like Elijah Moore for some of those games was commanding over 30% of the targets. Like he was an absolute stud. Jason, uh, uh, reference Kadarius Tony on the targets per route run. Elijah Moore is is up there as well of the that selection that Jason talked about. Elijah Moore 11th best in uh, in his targets per route run. It's like, it's proven Elijah Moore is a good NFL wide receiver. But now we have introduced other question marks to this that like, well, I mean, it's number one. Like I said, his run was mostly not with Zach Wilson. Is Zach Wilson actually good? it's still tbd if you're going off of year 1 the answer is a resounding no um like he in 2021 had the worst completion rate over expectation in the nfl there's already ota whisperings and rumblings that he's still struggling with his accuracy and now the team spent a first round pick on garrett wilson it's also tbd i mean this is why this is such a wild card we don't we we have so many unknowns is Garrett Wilson, will it translate to him being an elite NFL player? I think that the odds are are good in his favor. And then, so now can Zach Wilson actually sustain fantasy value for two different wide receivers on a season-long level? And in my heart, as much as I love Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson, I don't think that Zach Wilson will be able to sustain both of them for any real consistent long-term stretch over the course of the season. But Elijah Moore is so good and you you want to bet on the talent. You want to bet on a guy who separates. A separator is truly a quarterback, a young quarterback's best friend, knowing that this player, I'm going to see them actually be open. I don't just have to trust that it's a 50-50 ball. I can see the path where, where this ball has to go. But if Garrett Wilson is the actual alpha wide receiver that the Jets believe he is when they took him uh, where I don't remember where he went. Drake London went first, and then Elijah or uh, and then Garrett Wilson went like very, very high in the NFL draft. So they're betting a huge amount that Garrett Wilson is truly a stud, and that type of stud does he does take away from what Elijah Moore could actually be. Like I said, where in that run, Elijah Moore seeing thirty plus percent of the targets per game. Like you aren't seeing thirty plus percent of the targets if Garrett Wilson is actually as good as as the New York Jets hope he is. So for a 6th round pick in best ball, he'll probably be a sixth, seventh round pick in redraft as well. Like that's like that's there's a lot of variables and unknowns where in that range you can find a a a player who doesn't have all those concerns and yet has upside, except I don't know if they have the upside of if Elijah Moore hits, he could be a true difference maker for your fantasy team but I'm concerned that he won't.
2: Well, I, you made a lot of the arguments that I think I agree with, with this team. Garrett Wilson's foot 199. Elijah Moore's 5'10", 180. Uh, and Wilson's more prototypically. And Corey Davis is still there. Yeah, and he, he profiles to be a, a key part of the offense, like you said. So my biggest fear of drafting Elijah Moore is that I'm drafting a player that isn't quite good enough to want to play but isn't quite bad enough to want to drop. And that's my least favorite type of player to draft. And, again, that's going to come back to your confidence in Zach Wilson. But the likelihood of him supporting more than one potentially top 15 option, top 20 option, seems low to me. At best, it could be a ping-pong thing. It's an Elijah Moore game, Garrett Wilson game, somebody else. Uh, if things go well and he gets a lot of those numbers up that he wasn't sustaining last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the the reality is it's going to come down to Zach Wilson. I drafted Zach Wilson in a startup over the summer because you have the hopes of what makes a player the number two drafted player in the, in the NFL draft. And all the rumors and Tony Romo saying he's going to be the next Patrick Mahomes. And look, there are flashes of brilliance. And so you hope that coming into this season, whatever – off time he has taken has really helped him and the first word out of OTAs that we get to see how Zach Wilson has developed is he's struggled with accuracy and it's like I already feel like I'm putting the first nail in that coffin so I am uh, I am pessimistic right now about really all the receiving options for the Jets because it all comes down to Zach Wilson. Best ball breakdown presented by Underdog Fantasy.
2: Okay, Best Ball Breakdown. Every week leading up to the season, we're giving tips, little insights, observations for playing best ball in underdog fantasy. Little BBB. <laughs> Thank you. Just a little yeah. Thank you from the show Wildcard. Uh <laughs> look, we we spent a lot of time talking about not overemphasizing late season schedules at this time, right? We don't know how defenses are going to change over the course of a year. Our strength is scheduled tool in the UDK. We, we focus a lot on the first few weeks of the year. Maybe you're picking a defense out. However, it's very interesting. Um, One of the insights looking into underdog and who won best ball mania and who was successful. It was on the back of incredible late season matchups with a lot of upside and a lot of correlation. For example, that Kansas City-Cincinnati-Bonanza won a lot of people uh, fantasy championships and won a lot of people uh, best ball championships because you had the Joe Burrow-Jamar-Chase correlation. You had Darrell Williams in that game if people stacked him. this was Darrell Williams was an 18th-round pick at the end of the draft. So you're looking at game environments that maybe right now you don't need – a lot more information to know that they're going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And so you you can isolate some Week 17 games right now that look like that's probably going to be a Bonanza type of game, even though we don't know how these defenses are. And, uh, I mean, three of these teams are in the same division, but Week 17, Denver and Kansas City. Oh, that's baby. on the docket this year. And so you've got options, right, the big ones, the Mahomes, the Russell Wilsons. But where this, where this information really benefits you in best ball drafts is maybe looking at some of the Daryl Williams type of picks later, the Jerry Judy, the Tim Patrick, um, the MVS, like Mike brought him up as a wild card wild earlier card. today. Or Sky, thank you, Mike. Or Sky Moore, right? Some of these players could be late, uh, late best ball draft picks that have great championship week upside. The Rams play the Chargers in Week 17. So, yes, you've got the prolific top-end options, but you've also got the Van Jeffersons, the Allen Robinsons, Josh Palmer, Gerald Everett, those kind of players. Look, you needed those type of boom Week 17 games in order to win. You needed them for best ball titles.
1: So what you're saying, if I'm hearing you right, is is draft Gabriel Davis – Oh baby, because the
2: Cincinnati Bengals are playing the Buffalo Bills in Week 17. Yeah baby, uh, you 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 have really uh, gone ping pong on Gabriel Davis this offseason. I have, but you're right now, now all the way back in, yeah, I'm in. I'm, I mean, this is like the stock market. Water you know, is warm. Yes, uh, Minnesota and Green Bay as well for Week 17, which is a game that has a lot of potential options. It could make that decision for you late in best ball drafts of taking a christian watson a sammy watkins um late late in these drafts there's a lot of potential upside uh in week 17 matchups so you can also that's how you take down a tournament
1: yes uh so what what we're saying is if you're playing the best ball mania look at week 17 we also just put out a brand new if you've got the ultimate draft kit We redid the Strength of Schedule tool. It is unbelievably amazing. It shows everyone's schedule, every position, and you can actually choose whatever weeks you want. So you can go to that tool and just select Week 17, and you can compare what have good, you know, good, big uh, Vegas-style matchups with what projects to be good for certain positions. So check that out, Uh, the Strength of Schedule tool. just, Just know it's been completely reworked, and it's awesome.
2: That is going to do it for today's episode of the show. Great to have Mike back on board. Oh, it's good to be back. And looking forward to, look, the next time uh, we record a show, we're going to be in Detroit. Now, that live show will end up being, what episode? Thursday episode? It'll be the Tuesday. The following Following Tuesday. Next week, yep. So we're going to record that, package it up. You guys will get to see that. Just hold on to your butts. It's I mean, it's crazy. gonna be it's gonna be intense. Brooks in his hometown, oh, the man. energy. Can't wait to see that. Heyo! They're gonna carry him around the crowd. I know it. You gonna crowd surf? Brooks? Yeah, he's gonna crowd surf. Motown uh, crowd surfing. Oh yeah. So, um, and a reminder: if you want more of the three of us, for some reason, you can check out the Spitballers podcast as well. Oh um, yeah, that is our weekly comedy show where we talk about things. Uh, that That really matter that are stupid for way too long is what i was going to say but you're right the things that really matter in life if you need to make your mondays a little bit better check it out until next time mike wright jason moore andy holloway thank you for joining us take care goodbye